Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CleoCast. My name is Matt. And I am RC. Yeah, so we haven't done this in a while. Eh, it's been like a, less than a month. Less than a month. Less than a month. Less than a month. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday season, even though we recorded an episode. Oh, no. It's December 20th. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was our excuse. It was the holidays. Oh, right? yeah. And it, it's totally not like we've like tried twice to record a podcast, and it's not come to fruition either time. Look, folks, this is what you get. Okay, you're only the best from us. You get what you pay for. Which is nothing. Yeah. So it snowed. Uh, I was being a doomer about climate change, even though we've talked about anti-doomer action, because uh, it was, like, relatively warm in December, and then... It snowed, so climate change is over, guys. We yeah. solved it. Yeah. It's, it's cold in the Midwest. For now. Really cold. We're getting an Arctic polar vortex. It's going to drop temperatures down to like negative 10. For now. Yeah. For now. now I think the polar vortex phenomena is just going to become more common you know, mm. as things continue to change. But I'm going to be completely honest as a uh, now a very small compact car owner. It's not great trying to get to work. In the snow. Yeah. Yeah. No, not fun. Um, I feel bad for people who walk or, you know, ride a bike. But, you know, if only there was something that we could light on fire that burns a bunch of rails, you can take the places. That'd be awesome. It would be nice to have some form of system that didn't rely on, you know, having roads plowed. Yeah. It would be really nice if we had like a self, you know, snow clearing vehicle that could ride on regularly scheduled routes. Or it would be nice if the complex I live in, which includes a fee for maintenance, plowed. You know, that'd be awesome. I just think about how many tons, probably like gigatons at this point of salt we put on the roads every single year well sometimes it's not even salt sometimes it's sand or like uh like grit byproduct from a wastewater treatment well, plant i just or think something. as i walk into my office and i'm walking over these gigantic salt crystals mm-hmm. and it's like you know where does this all go and I don't mean that literally. Like, I know where it goes. It goes into, like, a wastewater and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, it can't possibly be good for animals, for creatures to have most surfaces just covered in salt for, like, half of the year. And I think about that also because I saw a picture of, uh, uh, I think, Chicago or someplace like that posted about how they weren't able to salt bike trails because of environmental concerns because there's a bike trail going through, like, a park or something. And they're like, well, we don't want to... And then somebody posted a picture of Lakeshore Drive going right next to Lake Michigan. It's like, hey, here's like a four-lane highway that you guys salt, like, the shit out of. And it's right next to Lake Michigan. So all that salt is going right there. And it's like, is that not worse? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you let people work from home when it snows. Maybe Mm. we just, like, agree that we don't have to, like, go out in the snow. Um, and if you have to, there's a safer way to do it that doesn't involve like putting your car in a ditch 
or like not being able to get out of like a, up a hill outside of like a complex or something. Yeah, I, I just I, I get that we need like emergency services to have roads cleared and stuff. Yeah. Like there's reasons to clear roads. It just it seems so nonsensical that we have you know we we just can't like not go to work. We can't just like like we live in this day of age of technology where it's like most people could just stay home. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't able to get to work and I uh, felt absolutely awful about it just because it was one of those things where just like, I know there's people who are going to make it in. And then when I talked to people who did make it in, they were talking about how they used their spare truck to get in. And it's just like, you guys just have like a spare pickup truck hanging around. Also pickup trucks, if you don't weigh it, like put weights in the bed, aren't really that great in the snow either. You know, marketing has done wonders for the modern pickup modern pickup truck industry. Yeah. It just people, especially the cyber truck, especially the cyber truck, where people just think they can do all kinds of amazing things that they yeah. can't like actually do. the The benefit of the pickup truck in the snow is all of the weight is being pushed onto the front wheels, which usually front wheel drive cars do way better in the snow than a real wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's all or four wheel drive and you have basically no weight at all in the bed the advantages of having all of the weight up front pulling you forward is negated if you hit a turn and your back end is way too light and can spin out that's why you put you see people put sandbags in their truck beds but also believing that your four wheel drive it also means four wheel stop causes accidents i just i just think about this like Sometimes like a video game or something like a strategy game almost where it's mm. just like the trade-offs between, you know, cars can get you from point A to point B much faster, much more efficiently. But then the trade-offs are everything else, like all the costs you have to pay. You have to pay a lot more money yearly. You have to pay for also gas. Not really you have to efficient pay for maintenance. It's not efficient. It doesn't move a large amount of people, the traffic jams, all that stuff. But then also once you get into like the winter months and it's like, okay, all the trucks you have to have, the maintaining all the roads, mm-hmm. all the salt you have to pay for, and all the, where to, that salt's going to go. You know, it's going to yeah. fuck with the wastewater disposal. Uh, all the stuff with, like... Because I think, like, they didn't plow my... We got snow, like, all yesterday. They didn't get through to plow my neighborhood's road until, like, one twenty Because there's just so many roads to plow because our entire, you know, yeah. road system, that's all we've ever been building in this area is a road system. So it's just huge. And... You know, are you going to pay for 28, you know, 280 trucks, 380, however many trucks you need to actually get that done in a timely manner? Well, they do. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and speaking about paying for trucks, once again, back to my coworkers, do you want to, cars are already expensive, do you want to pay for a second one to just keep in storage in case you have to drive in inclement weather? This is where I'm just like, I am, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, no, we do not have e-bikes yet. I know we talked about that a while ago. I still want one, but we don't have one. Send yeah. any recommendations, but that's just where it's like, I'm kind of happy that e-bikes are kind of popping off and we're getting a lot more options and a lot yeah. more cheap options because it is one of those, if it snows, you know, it's a lot easier to clear a sidewalk. Yeah. And if you live close to work, which I know a lot of people don't, it's probably a lot easier to just whip out the e-bike and just bike a mile, two mile, three miles to work in the cold snow rather than whip out the pickup truck. And then you also have to worry about, well, okay, if your backup pickup truck skids out on black ice or something and gets damaged, gets crashed or whatever, that's a lot more expensive of a bill than 
wiping out on a bike. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been in a snow-related accident? Um, I don't think so. I've had a couple of close calls where, like, my brakes lock up or something like that, but I haven't actually, like, been in an accident, luckily. Knock on wood. I've also, <laughs> knock on wood as well, I've also had a few close calls where, like, one I distinctly remember is... I was feeling super confident about my ability to drive in the snow uh, with my old vehicle and uh, my brakes locked up when I was turning and I ended up like sliding straight and I was like right in front of like a person who parked their truck in the street and I was like about to like hit the truck and I stopped about a foot before I hit it and I was just like, oh, but uh, my big one was uh, putting my car in a uh, ditch in the snow. and that poor car. Yeah, that was... The things you put that thing through. I mean, the only reason I had to do that is a previous employer was basically making me go in, uh, even though this was, like, in the world of work from home, and I did have the, like, ability to work from home. It just wasn't an option in my employer or previous employer's eyes, so I had to drag myself out to go get on the highway. And you want a great way to get out of work? Put your crash, crash your car. Crash your car. <laughs> You know, I was driving uh, to work and home from work today, and there's a big hill. Um, I don't, I don't want to like dox myself. Yeah. Or there, there is a hill. There's in, a hill in, on the way to work, like the direct road to work. And I guess school was out today uh, because there was a ton of cars parked along that hill. And people were sledding, which it's like, oh, that's fun. That's a nice hill. There's a bunch of snow out. You know, you get the day off. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I was a kid. Great time. Except for that road. They, they were all parked in the road. The, that road's not big enough. It's not big enough. There's bike. That's some of the only bike lanes we have in the area or along that road. At least some of the only bike lanes I noticed in the area, which, of course, they were parked all along the road, taking up all the bike lanes because that's actually just parking. That's what the bike lanes are there for. Yeah. But they're bike lanes, so obviously they're still in the road. So I was driving along it, and it's like, okay, hi, UPS truck who is in my lane entirely because these people are blocking the road, parked sledding just today. And it's just like, okay, hi, I have to like effectively get onto the curb so that this truck doesn't hit me because my lane is completely unimpeded, but they're having to drive in the middle of the road. So that's just one of those like... Also, like that... That hill, one is going uphill, but then it turns really steep. So if it's still, like, kind of icy out, if you're going to go uphill, which is the lane that would be all the cars parked along, you need to be able to maintain speed in order to get momentum going up the hill. So you can't just stop and wait because you're already going up a hill, and then it gets even steeper, basically. Also, there was nowhere to stop and wait. I mean, they would have to think think it's like a uh, the road is designed like about a say quarter to half mile curve Mm -hmm. so you can't exactly see you know going uphill you can't exactly see if anyone's coming and they're parked all the way along it so you would have to be parked like a half a mile back from the entrance where everybody would be coming from you know the the next place you could stop so it's just like well they can't stop driving or else that that's just going to get backed up like no one's going to be able to get anywhere so they have to keep going it's just like just poor engineering and and also just and that hill also, like, with it getting so steep at the point where I think that they were all stopping at the park, um, I mean, you need to maintain momentum. I mean, that that's it hills along my walking route, so. And that that's just one of those where it's, like, it's a small anecdote I thought about today, but it's one of those, and I'm going to do this, like, harping on the, where well, everything's related to public transit, but it's one of those things where it's just a little sad that, like, we have to have 
50 to 100 cars parked along this road blocking traffic and and like people have to get into their cars by basically walking into oncoming traffic i almost hit someone doing that mm-hmm. they just open their door out of nowhere and it's like oh my god uh and it's just a little sad that there's just no option for those people to not drive their cars there they like if you want to take your kid sledding you have to drive your car you have to park on that street because there's no parking anywhere else you know? uh, there actually is parking somewhere else it's just a slightly less convenient to yeah, park there true. Um, there's an apartment complex over there, but I don't think that they want to. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the absolutely massive parking lot at the oh, top no, I, of the I hill. Know. Yeah. Yeah. That you would simply have to walk like not even like an eighth of a mile to get yeah. to where you would want to. But that means you don't get to park really close to the hill. You just need That's to park true. a little bit away. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is just them being lazy to a certain extent. But with the amount of cars that were there, it, it, and it does just make me think where it's like, well, what if the parents didn't get work off, you know? Because then it's like... Well, the kids don't have any way of getting there. Also, weird that the uh, kids got the day off because I thought the day of the like the era of the snow day is gone. It mostly is, I think. I think this was largely a both the district is trying to still give kids snow days. Like I, I think that's kind of a trend that's been happening in schooling is even though we can you know zoom from home, yeah. go to school online or whatever, we both know that it's not as good for young kids because they have a hard time focusing. They don't have all the school assets. Mm-hmm. They don't have all that stuff. And also, you know, you got to give the kids a snow day. Come on, like what are you gonna do? Give give them the day off. Like it's snowing. Come on. Like, yeah, they can go to school from home, but is there anything worse in my mind than going to school on a snow day and it's like, hey, here, sit in your bedroom, log on, you know, take, like, algebra? Yeah. Like, that, that would freaking suck. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, I, I think that they, they're still trying to do snow days. Yeah. That, that That's good because, I mean, we had the fortune or misfortune to experience a little bit of COVID education, but that was at the very, very end of college. Yeah. Yeah was not fun yeah i can't imagine being like you know in k through 12 education and going through that my my brother's uh my brother was a senior in high school when COVID hit so like he didn't even get like a high school graduation or anything like that he was they just kind of sent them home and like he the district at the time wasn't issuing laptops to all the kids so uh basically they were just kind of like we're just like, all right, you're kind of done in March, even though you have to like go till like, you know, finish out the year. But what? See we, ya. What? Did, Good luck. You're not gonna get like basically the last little bit of your like K through 12 education. I mean, he didn't need it anyway. But um, yeah. it's just and like we had to do like a rescheduled version of his graduation, like literally like a year and a half after and it, it's yeah. just you know there's i mean he didn't get, he didn't get his prom he didn't and that that's important to a 17 year old and i can't imagine how much it hurt to a bunch of other kids especially like at very formative ages i'm not at i'm not saying that lockdowns were bad that's not the, the opinion of this podcast i feel like it was a hard decision but it was the safe decision well, you to make say for... that it was good policy but it was still bad for like the kids development yeah, yeah because like... it, i mean it was like an international disaster yeah. uh on par with the spanish flu like it... like like you can say i'm not gonna make that comparison yeah. actually <laughs> like let's make a really dumb comparison it 
it was a good policy to keep people safe and keep people healthy and not kill more Americans, even though we still did kill, like, we did, like, a 9-11 a day for a little while there. Yeah. Um, well, like, chemotherapy is bad, but also it's good for you. Yeah. Like, it's not great, but it does actually, it's better than the thing, the other thing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know, I reactive know. operation. Right? Yeah, I mean, it. Weird that it always circles back to uh, our two favorite talking points, which is like COVID and trains. It's almost like COVID is like our generation's big world-changing event that everyone experienced and everyone remembers, and so, and it's most of what our society is effectively like based around at this point. Mm-hmm. Like every single major, like you look at the news, it's like Aaron Rodgers talking about like vaccines and like of lockdown mask mandates or whatever and it's like dude that was three years ago and it's like wait a second here we are talking about it it's almost like it was a big formative thing for our entire society and also we need to build more trains and buses it's not even the trains it's just look in our area just run more freaking buses like that it's as easy as that have more than like three or four bus routes that's that's all you got to do. Just run more public transit to get people from point A to point B oh. so they don't have to own a car. Speaking of local bus systems i was being a responsible kansas cityan mm-hmm. and i was using a, and also being cheap and i was using our free bus system yes. to move myself to a area where i wanted to consume alcoholic beverages there you go and i was going to return and i went early enough because i'm old now uh that i could still catch the bus back because the buses don't run yeah, after the, yeah, like the, bu- the buses don't run till like it, it was just a weekend so I think they only ran to like 10, 20 or something yeah. so I was at the bus stop and I saw the bus coming and myself and the people we were with we all started waving the bus down and the bus drove past us and kept on driving and it, it's I don't know. It it was an extremely frustrating moment. I mean, I'm just complaining about one public transit incident, but I mean, if if you want people to use your system, maybe stop for people who are very obviously waving you down at a marked bus stop. Look, the tenants are you got to make it quick, reliable, and robust, right? Like you got to have it be slightly faster than every sixty minutes. Yeah, and you got to have it be. Uh, able to actually show up at the stops kind of near the time that they're supposed to show up and not be late. And or if and you, you got to have them run like weekend service and maybe run later than 10, 12, maybe run when people are actually going to be needing them. I understand not wanting to have a bunch of drunks on, on a bus and causing issues, but also that's safer than having them get into cars, which is the more popular option, I guess, in the area, since, you know, there's a parking minimum for bars. Well, and I think, I think, hi, Joe, I think that a large portion of the problem is, I think that, hi, Joe, that's my cat, Joe. I think they're trying to, if you can pick it up on the microphone, that'd actually be kind of funny. I think they're trying to get rid of free fares in the area, basically. I, I, I think they're trying to create a narrative to a certain point. I've seen on the media. This isn't as related to what you were just saying, but it is related to the bus service in general, where mm-hmm. I think they're trying to kind of cut down service. And I think they're trying to raise the perception of the buses being dangerous and being like full of drunks or like 
drugs or I mean, whatever. I mean, what I was talking about is just a personal gripe with one bus. No, driver, I know, I know. I, I've just I've also seen a couple of reports from the Casey Star and stuff of like, well, see all these people who are allowed to just walk on the bus and you know they don't have to pay and they you know, they have, you know it's dangerous and it's just like I, I think they're trying to even further curb out the uh, actual bus use. Okay, have you ever have you ever taken the bus? Because yeah. the, the the bus like. There's only been a few times that it's been packed. Uh, most of the time, there's like a handful of people on it. So if you're like saying, it, I also ride it at like weird times because mm-hmm. I usually mainly use it as a way to get around to social events on weekends, uh, not as like a commuter or anything like that. Yeah. But like, it's not like it's dangerous because there's not that many people on the bus at times where you would consider the most dangerous which is in the evening when people are going to you know consume alcoholic beverages well the one time i've actually i think i thought it was dangerous here was i got on i was walking to vote Mm -hmm. i got on the bus to try and take it like one block one block to my uh to where i was walking yeah basically just to kind of use it as a little bit of a short haul Mm -hmm. because the bus network here sucks so it didn't actually go where I was trying to go. And uh, it was late enough at night that I think it was full of just people going home. And here I get on the bus. I'm sure these people all take the bus normally because mm-hmm. in the area we're in, uh, because the bus service sucks so much, you don't take it unless you have to, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because it's not really robust enough to be reliably used by people just day to day. It's only used by people who have to use it, which is, I think, an indictment of the system as a whole. But uh, anyways, I, I got on it and then I got off it like two minutes later and I think everybody was really mad at me because they're all just trying to get home. And here I get on and I immediately pull the cord. I make it stop to pick me up and then I make it stop and it probably added like five minutes to their commute. Yeah. It's just like I thought that they were going to kill me because <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, here's this guy making the bus stop twice within five minutes. Yeah. But no, and that, that that's the other thing is... Uh, with with public transit in general is uh, going forward to a different issue that I think you were wanting to briefly mention is the plane plug, the door plug falling off of the Boeing 747 MAX 9, yeah. Alaska R- Airlines A1882. R- or rest in peace, Alaska Airlines, a airline that decided to get rid of all their Airbuses in favor of uh, Boeing 747 MAX 9s and uh, what fleet got grounded by the faa yeah and now an airline cannot fly any of its fleets good thing it bought hawaiian airlines which has airbuses yeah no i i, I got the america centricism where it's just like man nah, fuck airbus boeing all the way but it's just like man boeing is really making me feel bad about that oh yeah, yeah. they really are kind of bad at I, now. I i felt that way as well until i had to take a series of flights uh recently and all the flights for Airbuses and the seats, the room, the screens, they're all better yeah. than riding in a Boeing plane. The problem is you can kind of tell that they don't really care that much anymore. Like like when you're on a more modern, regular like Boeing 737 or something. Because I, I, I've also flown a lot the last year and it's like I, I had the same experience. It's just mm-hmm. like you can kind of tell Airbus. It's like they're really kind of... 
doing what they can to make it a better experience, probably because they're competing against the largest airplane manufacturer in the world. Yeah. Uh, and Boeing is just kind of like, eh, you know, you fly us because we're the only option, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you need you need to buy us because uh, we're at American Stock Exchange. Like, we're on the New York Stock Exchange. Buy us. Mm-hmm. Buy our planes, please. Uh, even though we're now blowing doors off of planes mid-flight. Yeah, which right, I guess we're not really qualified to talk about that because, we, we, like, what are we going to add? I don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we really they should have planned this out better because we do know people who are qualified to talk about it. Yeah, but but broadly, what I wanted to br- what I brought that up for is because another thing that we have here that could be mitigated by just other things, and another thing that's highlighted by this is well, the airline industry is really safe, and um, I I don't think anyone has died in like an airline accident since like 2019 in the U.S. I think that's the last time somebody died by a, like a plane crash or something. And I think it was that guy who hijacked a plane in Alaska, and it was just him. And I think he crashed it on. No, purpose. no, no, no. That, that was in Seattle, and I think yes. that was an Alaskan Airlines flight. That's what I'm saying. I think that's the last person to die on a commercial plane in the U.S. And and, and he, I mean, he did kill himself. Yeah, he killed. It, it, he committed suicide. Yeah. But but he did technically die in a commercial aviation accident. What, what he's been called the Sky King. Yeah. I don't know. I I kind of forgot about that guy. I never do. I, I was sitting in the lobby at Wichita State, like we were signing up for class, and I just saw it on CNN, and it's like, what the hell? And it's just like, Wait, oh, was, was, it's he, just, was he just doing loop de Yeah, doing the loop de loops. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going to take it down. And it's just like, man, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I guess good for you, but also don't kill yourself. <laughs> There's a way to go out. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, I, I bring that up because it's like, we we take safety seriously in like aviation. We you know people like campaign on public safety and like the New York subway it's dangerous or whatever. But then you bring up like cars and how many tens of thousands of people die and everyone's just like yeah whatever. Yeah. It's it's like got the school shooting syndrome where just nobody really cares about it anymore and it's just kind of a baked in at faucet of American society where it's like well automotive deaths what are you gonna do. Yeah, are we going to stop driving? Are we going to have other options for people to take? If you're not intoxicated, you can slam into a minivan full of a family and most likely not get charged for it. Yeah, and and I think about that because I I just see a lot of those cases here where like people hit bicyclists or hit like pedestrians or, and especially the culture here versus pedestrian walks in front of van ends up in accident. Mm Mm-hmm. But but just the culture here versus Chicago, where I've been a couple times, mm-hmm. where where the pedestrian will one hundred percent just walk out in front of a car in Chicago, and the car will one hundred percent be afraid of the pedestrian and stop. And it's like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I gotta imagine pedestrian deaths are probably lower just because the cars actually respect the people walking there more, because they're more aggressive pedestrians. Whereas here in Kansas City, you know you you're freaking terrified of cars because not only are they probably not going to even lose their license for killing somebody but also they just like are hyper aggressive you know it's very much more of a car centric culture and it's just like any any attempt to mitigate that any attempt to make it more walkable any attempt to make it more bikeable any attempt to maybe uh get rid of a freeway like maybe cap i-470 north like maybe we don't need to entirely surround the downtown it just gets met with like complete vitriol and like hate and uh, just like 
you know, attacks and stuff. And it's just the, the complete shutdown of this entire class of plane because one door fell out. Nobody was hurt or injured. The plane landed safely. The plane is going to be able to be reused in the future if they ever clear that plane to fly again. Versus an, F1, clear this versus an F-150 like mowing down a small child. And then it's like, well, yeah, no, nah, that's fine. We're not going to make the cars any smaller. In fact, top selling vehicle in the United it's States. It's safer for the passengers if we make the car even larger because we don't have to actually consider the pedestrian at all or other cars at all. We only in automotive well, safety kind centers, of have to consider other cars because you need to have like impact zones. And but stuff it's like that. safer for your car to be higher off the ground when impacting another car, right? Yeah. It does, it's not safer for the other car because it's more likely to kill the person in the other car because you're hitting, you know, a higher point of their car and, you know, you're hitting less of the crumple zones. But, you know, they don't have to consider that as much because the Cybertruck is road legal, right? Yeah. They're allowed to drive an eight ton solid steel, stainless steel, zero crumple zone, zero to 60 in three second box. You're allowed to buy that and drive it on American roads. And that, if that's not an indictment of road safety standards, I don't know what is because it's just like it's it, it just makes it completely clear that you're you're allowed to do whatever you want as an auto manufacturer. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of oh my god, what happened? Uh, I picked up Joe and she scratched me, and my arm is bleeding profusely. <laughs> it, also, also, I think your cat is currently attacking a bag of some sort. Yeah. So you're, we You're left bunch. some plastic bags in the other room for her. She loves them. Okay. <laughs> she just goes to town on them, dude. You should see it. <laughs> we'll see it after this podcast. Yeah. I probably need to put a Band-Aid on this, actually. Yeah, yeah I mean, kinda, probably. I mean, it hurts. We're, 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 we're at 30 minutes, so we can just stop and put a Band-Aid on that yeah. and watch your cat smack a bag around. All right. Thank you for right. listening yep. to the RC Gets Sepsis podcast. All right. Uh, this has been another episode of Quio Gas. My name is Matt. And I am probably RC if I'm not dead after this podcast. It, 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 it's just a scratch. It's just kind of slightly <laughs> bleeding. That's yeah, more than what a cut should do. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at ClioStreet.com. Uh, we we really haven't. It's you can follow us on, on Twitter, Twitter at Cleo, Cleo History. History. You can email well, us at Cleo History Podcast at gmail dot com. You can text us at nine one one. You can send in a voicemail at the same um, call before you dig at eight one ten or eight ten. Eight one ten. I thought it was eight one one. Eight one one. Yeah. Just call before you dig, people. It's important. Okay. Yeah. Um. Sometimes the locates that do that stuff, though, they are not accurate. So you should call because when they spray that stuff or put the the things down, uh, they will sometimes not be accurate. So don't d- don't don't trust the guy and with the like spray paint. It's can. better for this your safety, your neighbor's safety, and for liability reasons. Just call before you dig. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, we're available where you get podcasts. All right, we need to go put a band on that. Bye. Bye.